You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Nick and Micah. I like to say your name first every once in a while, Nick, but it feels weird because I'm always the one talking. So like, I feel weird if I say your name first, if they've never listened before, and they don't know that I'm Micah and you're Nick. So anyways, Nick and Micah are here. Nick, this podcast is a lot more fun to record after both of our teams win. Would you agree with that statement? It's a lot more fun. I, I 100% agree. I mean, our rants might be a little more fun if our teams lose, but it's a lot more fun and mentally just easy when your teams are winning. So, if uh, if people if people enjoy us ranting about our teams at because they lost, then as Big Cat would say, you people are sickos, and you you do not deserve to listen to us. No, I'm just kidding. But you are sickos. <laughs> I mean, I'm the definition of a sicko, so I can't even pretend true. like it's not even fair. You know, actually, Nick, this is a perfect segue. Actually, here's my sicko debacle of the week. Okay, so I'm spending Thanksgiving in Northeast Ohio, basically between Cleveland and Akron, where my grandma's at. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to spend you know the week with her. Here's my here's my downfall. So first off. I'm going to probably sit in the rain on Tuesday night, potentially snow in Buffalo, New York for Buffalo versus Eastern Michigan. Cause go Micah. But that's besides the point. What do I do on Friday and Saturday? So the crazy scenario that probably is the left field one is watch central Michigan. Who's going for a bowl game host now nationally ranked Toledo at noon on Friday in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And then that night, Penn State plays Michigan State at Ford Field. But if I do that, that means I have to go to Ohio State, Michigan on Saturday because why would I – if I'm 30 minutes from Ann Arbor, I have to go, right? Like That's just the rules. Yeah. But that would be the most ridiculously expensive trip that I've done all year, for sure. Like, hands down. Right. Tickets are $600. and. <laughs> I know somebody at Michigan. Uh, I don't know them well enough, but even if I did, I don't think I'd get a free ticket to Michigan. So, <laughs> at least not Michigan, Ohio State. So, yeah. so, anyways, there's that option. The more realistic option, though, is spend Friday. Akron actually plays at home. That's 20 minutes from where I'll be staying. I have tickets. I have friends there, so I'm not even worried about that. But then, Saturday, it is a six-and-a-half-hour drive from my grandmother's house to Scott Stadium. Obviously, Virginia, Virginia Tech's 3.30. Kind of almost the perfect time for that trip to make happen. But Kent State hosts Northern Illinois at noon. I haven't been to a Kent State home game since I was five years old, Nick. So, like, not a new stadium, but, like, I barely remember it. (laughs) So, you know, be nice. I know the marketing guy there, so I'd be credentialed, all that stuff. Not even worried about that. But Youngstown State, the good old fighting penguins, my – Nick, I, I might be aging myself. I know I'm not that much older than you. But did you ever play the NCAA games where they had some FCS schools in it? I, I had friends that – yeah, yeah, they played it, yeah. So, like, my, the first ever video game I got was NCAA Football 03. Larry Fitzgerald's on – or maybe it was actually 2000. Wow, I don't even remember now. 01, 02, I don't remember what year it was. The year Larry Fitzgerald was on the cover. And they had – they had the, some FCS schools gave permission, like Montana was in it, 
Montana and Youngstown State were my two FCS teams that I would bump up to the FBS and play dynasty mode with. Well, the Youngstown State Penguins host an FCS playoff game at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Youngstown State is a 22-minute drive from Kent State. So I could do a two-for-one of a game of a stadium I haven't mentioned since I was five. I mean, I'm not saying this out loud. I feel bad. But Kent State plays at a glorified high school football stadium. And then Youngstown State hosts an FCS playoff game. And then I could sell my Virginia tickets to a UVA person for less than face value, but still get $150 for the trip and not go the wrong way from going home pretty much. Instead of going six and a half hours out or four and a half hours or five, sorry, five and a half hours out of my way to go to Charlottesville on the total trip, I'd be going 30 minutes out of my way. So I don't know what to do, Nick, because... I've, I've attended a, a, a fair amount of Virginia, Virginia Tech games in my life. And uh, it never goes well for me. And um, I'm a little tired of watching them lose games like that. So I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Because mm. the, yeah, financially, the financial slash Micah trying to go to as many games as possible route Lee staying in Ohio and watching Kent State football, who's awful. But they do play Northern Illinois, who's fighting for a bowl game and an FCS playoff game. Or do I just go watch Virginia, Virginia Tech? So I don't know what to do, Nick. I don't know what to do. So. Oh, and by the way, my friend told me that there's a chance I might be able to get access to a suite on Saturday for the UVA game. So that threw a whole curveball into this. He's like, yeah. The suite that we normally sit in, the lady that owns it or, like, has it is probably not going to be there. So if she's not, then, like, the rule of not bringing guests will be kind of nullified, and there'll be extra tickets. So if you want to come, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, so I don't know what to do. But yeah. anyways, so, Nick, if you want to marinate on that at the end of the show, give me, uh, give me your opinion. We may have a 30-second opinion se- segment with Nick, but – Anyways, Nick, I'm ready to jump into it. Um, I, actually, let's do some breaking news first. Syracuse has fired Dino Babers. And um, here's what I'm going to say. I think that's stupid. I think it's a bad decision. There's a lot of Syracuse fans celebrating it. Nick, so fun fact, not fun fact, I don't know. ETSU, us, ETSU, we fired our head football coach today, actually, too. And ours was a little bit more, like, from a standpoint of, I mean, we did lose, like, he won six games in two years. The year before that, they won 11. So, like, I understand some of the outcry from the fan base. I do. But the reason why, in my opinion, that it had to happen was because of the way our fans felt about him our fans were over him like Nick from a marketing standpoint I knew it was going to be tough next year if he was our head football coach just because so many of our fans had checked out on him and he's the nicest guy in the world and he deserves like he honestly deserved better in my opinion but that's just how it works you know it's business even at the FCS level Nick they make three to four hundred thousand dollars a year (laughs) so like it's not like you know he wasn't getting paid for harsh judgment, right? Right. But Syracuse, I, I get it. That's two years in a row. 
I mean, Nick, you know what I want more than anything in the world on Saturday now? Like, Is I'm Wake be to beat them? Oh, I want Wake to pummel them. And I'm sorry to everybody in that room. Like, Coach Beck, the OC, I love him to death. He was fantastic at UVA. But, I mean, goodness gosh. I want them to just to get, like, I just don't, like, Nick, you know who Syracuse is probably going to call? A Mac coach who had success, Dino Babers did. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the only argument that I have seen on Twitter that at least understandable is during his tenure, Nick, he's won 20 ACC games. And a fan said that, the realistic expectation of Syracuse is to win three to five ACC games a year to which I would say that is realistically fair, but you're, you're giving him the basis. You're judging him based off of past years. Nick, you had a great tweet as much as a, as much as I appreciated being a member of the coastal and being able to play in an orange bowl because we were in the weaker division, even though, I would say in 2019, the Coastal was a little bit more competitive than the than the Atlantic was. Like the Atlantic probably had the, you know, third like the second and third best team in the ACC that year were in the Coastal, but mm-hmm. the ACC was just down in general. So like again, but right. for the most part, the Coastal normally benefited, right? From <laughs> like we would have rather seen Clemson Florida State rematch or NC State Clemson or Florida State and Louisville. You know those types of matchups, right? Again, you know, he had to go through a gauntlet every single year. I mean, Syracuse is job-wise, recruiting-wise, difficult, like just overall football program-wise, a worse program to be at than what? NC State, Sy- or geez, Syracuse, NC State, Clemson, Florida State, for sure, right, in the, in the old Atlantic. Right. I would put Louisville ahead of them though too. Like the only job that I think would be better is BC. But even then, like there's a benefit to being in a city like Boston comparatively to Syracuse, right? Like there's not shit in upstate New York. The fan base is better in Syracuse, in my opinion. Any BC fans listening, I'm sorry, but look at the crowds at most games. (laughs) Um, but I just don't get it, man. Like, cause I mean, my first inkling is Syracuse should call Sean Lewis, the OC that got wrongfully like benched slash demoted by uh, Dion. Yeah. Well, that's just a, another glorified former Mac coach, just like Dino was at Bowling Green. Like, you know, I'm gonna say this out loud, Nick, and this might be a really bad take. Dino Babers and Dave Clawson are not that much different. Is it crazy to feel like Dino Babers could do similar to what Dave Clawson does at Wake with the investment that Wake Forest has given Dave Clawson? Like, when Wake Forest invests the way they have, is it crazy for me to think that's a better job than Syracuse? I don't think so, right? I mean, you're in North Carolina. Like, it's a beautiful academic institution. Like, campus is stunning. There's, you know, the expectation to win there is a, like the expectation. Like, it's like the Wake Forest fans that are mentioning that Dave's got to go. Like, I mean, at least Syracuse has some legitimate reason to be upset. 
<laughs> I just I just don't get it, man. Like I don't know I don't know what much better you're gonna get. Like, Nick, my thing is too is why do you do it now? Yeah, like that's, if you if you if you if it. you lose the Wake Forest next week and you've ended the season on what a six at the at seven out of eight at the minimum, right? Maybe it's even a full seven game losing streak, but I think it's seven out of eight losing streak. Yeah, it'd be seven out of eight. Because it'd be Pitt recently. That's right. Like losing seven out of their last eight. If that's the reasoning, fine. But don't you want to go six and six? Like, I guess at the end of the day, maybe the only thing I can think of was Syracuse was done with them anyways. And, like, I will say, I, I have found it very weird. Like, even us at ETSU, man, we fired our coach today. We won yesterday. <laughs> like, it's just weird, you know? Like, you win, and then you fire somebody. Like, that's always kind of strange to me. So, like, and especially, like, if they beat Wake Forest, that would have gotten to a bowl eligibility. So, if you're a bowl-eligible team and you fire your coach, that's kind of weird. So, I, I yeah, get that really portion weird. of it. But, like, I mean – Nick, Syracuse fans, I'm sorry. Is who wants this job? Like who legitimately upgrade wise wants this? Like someone tweeted it. I wish I would have saw who it was. It was some beat writer. Syracuse just basically openly said we want a coach that wants to use us for three years to go find a, a Big Ten or SEC job. That's what they just said. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, Syracuse is not going to be a long-term destination for many people, and it's not going to be a long-term destination for people that are winning eight to nine games a year like they're, they're expecting at this point. You know, it sounds like they want a football version of Jim Beheim, who says, why would I want to leave Syracuse after I retire? This is paradise on earth, you know? Yeah. It, that's, and look, what, that's what it kind of sounds like to me. Yeah, and there's not there's not that – around and like especially in the modern era like there is too much money like in college basketball there's getting to the point where there's too much money to even justify that but there's way too much money to justify that like if you're winning at Syracuse Mississippi State's gonna come calling Michigan State's gonna come calling somebody's gonna call come calling that can double your contract or at least double your guarantee I mean and at the end of the day, like, a double guaranteed contract to live in Starkville, Mississippi, like, you can say what you want. Like, I think I'd rather live personally in Starkville. I'm not a big New York guy. But, like, I can see why people would want to live over Syracuse over Starkville. I get that. But to get double the amount of money to do it? <laughs> Count me in. Yeah. I just – I don't get it. I just don't know who you're going to get. Like, Jason Candle from Toledo, I don't think is leaving to come to Syracuse. And, hell – there was a, a talk there a couple years ago, two, three years ago, when Toledo was kind of struggling. They People wanted – and Toledo wanted Jason Candle gone. Good for Toledo for sticking with them, and now they're ranked 23rd in the country. I mean, I just don't know who you're going to get. Like, you know, this is crazy, Nick. If Lance Leipold was still at Buffalo and they could go poach him for some reason, yeah, absolutely, go do it. But he ain't leaving Kansas. Right. I mean, maybe maybe the University of Albany head football coach, whose name is slipping my mind now, who's done a great job, got them a nationally ranked seed today in the FCS playoff reveal. But, like, is he going to guarantee to be better than Dino? No. I think that, like, they just pulled the trigger too soon. I mean, what, we're, we're pre-COVID away from this team competing 
for, you know, like going into the last weekends of the season for an ACC championship spot. I mean, Syracuse would have played in the ACC championship game in 20, was it 19? 18. 18, 19. right? Oh, no, 18, 18, yeah. Yeah, 2018 18. with Tony Dungy. If the Ace, if the Coastal and Atlantic didn't exist. Yeah. That was a 10-2 and two ball club. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. Like, maybe I'm starting to become the old guy that yells at clouds. But I'm getting really tired. Like, and I, I fall my, like, like, I'll get to the UVA conversation later. But, like, I, I, I've caught myself over the last month realizing, like, I've even fallen into the trap of, Oh, I'm not seeing the results right now. I need it. I need it. And it's like at at places like Texas A&M, I get it. And like what's funny is someone I saw someone tweet Nick like, "Oh, well this is just Texas A&M with a smaller thing." I'm like like from not from like the program's the same, but like, you know, we got tired of of just so much hope and I'm like Texas A&M has had multiple years of like literally minus COVID has been bad for how much they pay, what their expectations are. I mean, Dino's almost won as many games as Jimbo did at A&M. <laughs> I mean, in those years. Yeah. I just – and they're not the same job. They're not the same pay. They're not the same recruiting hotbed. Like, it's just uh, – I don't know, man. I don't like it. I, just, I don't like it. I, and I yeah. think all you're going to do is you're just going to replace what Dino was, with, which was a hot name out of a, 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 a team – and the Mac that made a run in Bowling Green with a name that, like, like Nick, it would be so funny to me. Like, I mean, I don't think Scott Leffler is, is someone that should actually be considered for this head coaching job, but that's head coach at BG. It'd be so funny to me if they hired him. They just basically replaced him with the, with the guy that replaced him. <laughs> like, it just had, I don't know, man. I don't like it. Someone tweeted it too, Nick. Dino Babers is going to be a great assistant somewhere. He is. Like, I can't wait to see, like, where he ends up in a year or two. But what are your thoughts on the news? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is doing it um, a, a potentially a week early because there's still bowling expectations. You can still get a bowl game if you beat Wake Forest next week. And then you have, another, then you have like, another month of football, which would be great. Um, and that all that momentum you build – in that month preparing for a bowl game, you see your new guys. Um, it carries into February for workouts. It's all, they all carries over very, very quickly. You get over Christmas break, get over your bowl game and it all carries over. So it's a little surprising to me. Now, if they had lost against Wake Forest and they missed the bowl game, I would totally yeah. get it. And I think the biggest thing was for Syracuse fans is that for the last two seasons, you, Syracuse has started off 4-0 or 5-0 and then has just had a total collapse when it comes to conference play. And I don't know, I guess going 1-7 or 2-6 in the ACC the last two years, you're not, you're not going to be able to compete uh, for championships or at least be in the middle of the pack. And, potentially not get a bowl game which is where they are sitting right now they're potentially not going to get one if they don't beat wake so in a way i get it um it would have made more sense to me though if they had waited one more week and see the wake forest results so that's about all i have on it they you're right i don't see them 
uh, of the jobs that are available right now, Michigan State, Mississippi State, Syracuse, um, another job was open to Power Five. I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, of the jobs that are open right now in Power Five football, Syracuse is the least desirable. So they're not going to be first at the buffet line. Uh, they won't have their pick of whatever's out there. It's going to go to Michigan State or Mississippi State, and then we'll see. Um, or Texas A and M—that's the other one. Texas A and M. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I to me, I think it was just a little, a little too early. I mean, I have the balls to say that the Boise State job that's open is more attractive than Syracuse. Yeah, that was that was the other one I was forgetting. I was like, there, there's a big name out there, but I don't think they were. Power I mean, they're not. Five. Yeah, Boise they're not State, Power Five, yeah. but like, I would say they're more attractive. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I would say so yeah. too. And like Nick. You, you, I mean, I get it. Like, I agree with the one fans. Like, we should be winning three ACC games a year. Dude, they've dealt with so many injuries this year that, like, it's kind of unfair, right? Like, they're not the type of program that can survive that kind of stuff. And you can say they start the season hot, but part of the reason why is they do a good job of scheduling non-conference games to get some wins. I mean, like, you shouldn't raise your – like, and, Nick, if they would have gotten their shit kicked – Yesterday by Georgia Tech, which we'll have to talk about that game here. And actually, we might just jump right into it now because, I mean, no point in coming back to it. Like, Syracuse did not get their shit kicked yesterday by Georgia Tech. Like, Georgia Tech beat them. I never thought Syracuse was going to win that football game. But it was never a blowout. It was never like, wow, this Syracuse team is awful. Like, I watched that game and went, this game went exactly how we talked to it should. Georgia Tech needed this game. They knew they needed this game. They could not go into – the Georgia game, needing that for a bowl game. And Syracuse, probably again. They got Georgia Tech's best shot. And they didn't have they didn't have the answers to beat him. But, like, they knew they had Wake next week. They didn't – like, it wasn't do or die for Syracuse. So, I mean, I just don't – I don't get the timing. I don't get – like, like – actually, well, instead of segue, we'll, we'll segue into Syracuse-Georgia Tech after I talk about this, but we'll use this as a segue instead. If you had to tell me which coach should get fired in the ACC after this week, I would have said Jeff Halfley. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not saying any of them should be. I, I, I personally did not think a single ACC coach should have been fired going, in, going into the final week of the season. But if you would have told me, pick one that would get fired because one is getting fired, I'm definitely picking Jeff Halfley because what they're doing is, is almost more disappointing and there is no proven winning winning from Jeff Halfley of Boston College, where Dino has won before at Syracuse. So I, right. I mean, we'll segue to Boston College Pitt with this. Like, I mean, I am glad that Pitt did not quit on the season because you and I both, especially me, I'll speak for me, we wrote them off. We we're like, wow, this seems done. Listen to what they said in the locker room after the Florida State game. Like, it was just bad, man. Like, we were like, oh, this is over. They haven't quit, but I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, you know, say what you want about Nate Yarnell playing half decent. I mean, every team in the ACC, Nick, Virginia, even Syracuse, wins that game if they play. Like, maybe, maybe Syracuse, they've been a little suspect at quarterback because of injuries, but like, everyone above the, like, I would even take Wake to beat that pit team that played on Saturday or on Thursday, excuse me. I mean, it just – that was that was the worst AC game we've had to watch all year. Yeah. And we've had some bad ones. Mm-hmm. Neither team played well. 
Like, Pitt's defense played well, but, I mean, Castellanos looked lost. Boston College couldn't block. I mean, they once again tried to establish a passing attack. What are we doing? We know Castellanos is not, a like, a passer. Like, you know, as much as – I always hate people go, oh, they're not they're running backs, not quarterbacks, when they are quarterbacks. Tom Castellanos is the closest thing to being a running back, not quarterback, that plays quarterback that I've ever seen. They just he's not he's not a quarterback right now, not at the division one level, not at an FBS level at least. He is he's athletic as hell, but he has no time to block. They're getting no help. Like the defense is just letting up big plays. Like I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this game. That game was just awful to watch. But, I mean, like, like I've definitely flipped my script. We'll preview later in the week. Like, I am taking Miami to beat Boston College. I was on BC's beating Miami since, what, week two, week three? Yeah. Like, I've switched. Like, I, this BC, like what's going to suck, Nick, is this BC team's going to go to a bowl game and embarrass the ACC if they get a, a, a matchup that isn't a 6-6 six and six AAC team. Just plant straight up. Like, if Boston College gets paired with Rutgers, let's say, and the pinstripe bowl, we're screwed. We're going to get hammered. Like, that's an AC loss right there. Put it down right now. And it's just – it's just bad. Kudos to Pitt. Like, like the power rankings this week, I haven't – we haven't submitted ours yet. I have no, I would have, no idea what I'm going to do at the bottom. No idea. Because, like, I want to reward Pitt for winning and move them up. But it's really hard to do that when Virginia won, so it's hard to bump Virginia behind. I'm not going to bump Virginia back for winning. And I can't really put a bowl-eligible team below Pitt, I don't think. That seems a little unreasonable. I mean, maybe Wake falls all the way to the bottom. But even then, like, I don't know. Maybe Wake is the worst team in the conference now. But Wake beat them. Wake beat them. I know, but at this point, head-to-head does not matter. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then we got to put Pitt way up because they beat Louisville. (laughs) Right. I mean, but it's just – yeah, I I don't know, man. But, I mean, this was – like, that was just such bad – like, I'm mad that I actually made myself stay up to watch the end of it. I stayed up till the end, and I probably shouldn't have because I needed sleep that night. I was just – anyways, any thoughts on that game? It's an absolute free fall for Boston College. This is, I mean, we we have hyped them up so much. It's saying that Jeff Halfley behind Jeff Brom should be ACC Coach of the Year. And this has been his worst coaching job uh, this part of the season and probably in his BC tenure. This is just, it's ugly. It's ugly. We talked about BC potentially being a 9-1 team at the end of the season and going for a 10th win in the bowl game. But it's it is so ugly. I don't I don't know why they're not scoring. Um, I I had a feeling like we said it last week. We had a feeling that Virginia Tech would beat them because their wins were not pretty to pretty at all. Those five wins were not pretty. But to lose to the worst team in the conference the way that they did just by playing ugly ugly football. I mean, is it, I don't know what Halfley needs to do because. He benefited from a bad middle of the schedule this year, but if his schedule next year is anywhere better than this, BC is not doing what they're doing. They they would do what they did last year, which was 
because what would they finish four and eight, three and nine? They got a lucky yeah. win against NC State on the blown call. Like it's it's not it's not good right now for Boston College, and I I am not looking forward to seeing where they play at the end of or in the middle of December. Um, I won't be really that excited for it. It, it. Right now, it feels like it's undeserved the way that they're finishing. Now, you beat Miami, then you kind of flip the script a little bit. It's like, okay, we got a little bit of juice here, but it's been an absolute free fall. I mean, I think the problem is, it's just like, like you said, they benefited from their schedule. But, like, again, this is another week where Boston College turnover in a bad spot, like, gives up the – like. I mean, when it was 17-16, Nick, I was like, wow, okay. BC's done a good job of slowing this team down. All they got to do, like, make Yarnell, make Yarnell beat him with his arm. Make him beat you. He hasn't done it. He's done. He's made a good player, too, but he hasn't beat you. Make him beat you. And what do they do? They let Hammond run for a 66-yard touchdown on the second play of their, of their, of their drive. And it's 24-16. And it's just like, and sure, BC still had a chance to go down the field and potentially tie the game, but. Just, yeah, it's just bad, bad football. I mean, as a Virginia fan, I'm still pissed that we lost that game. I want to run that game back so damn bad. Like, that is the one that, like, I look at as the one that got away. Nick, are you there? My bad, my bad. I, don't even I know what happened. The, I opened the ESPN app. My fault. That was weird because it still showed that I could talk to you, so that was kind of weird. But anyways, I don't know what the last thing you heard was Nick. But at uh, the end of the day, you the you last thing you said was BC should make Yarnell beat them with his arm. That's oh yeah, and then, and they let Roger, uh, Roger. Maybe it is Roger. I don't know. Probably not. No, it's not because Roger's our equipment manager. They let they let, they let Rodney Rodney Hamden right. Anyways, they let Hamden break one. Or 66 yards, and it's over. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's tough because, like you said, they benefited. Like, you give Virginia Boston College non-conference conference schedule, and Virginia's rolling into the Commonwealth Cup at 6-5. and five. Mm. I mean, Virginia's beating NIU. Virginia's beating Holy Cross. Um, who else did they play non-conference that I'm forgetting? Um, I'm going to go on a blank now. They're beating Army. I think Virginia legitimately beats Army. And then, who am I? Oh, and they're beating UConn. I mean, just, yeah. Benefiting from the non-conference schedule. Like, they have two ACC wins. They have as many ACC wins as Virginia and Pitt. And it's just like, yeah. they. You know what? Maybe that's what I'm going to do, Nick. That's how I'm going to look at my power ranks. I'm going to look at not what your overall record is. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to power rank you based on what I think about you. And, like, the, the, the difference will be, like, if you have one conference win compared – I don't think there's any – is there any AC team with only one conference? Oh, yeah, wait. Wait. Oops. So maybe they are last. But, like, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll base it off of your conference wins. So at this point, like, non-conference games shouldn't matter this late in the season. But, again, some of these teams, like – I mean, Virginia's easiest non-conference game, not named William & Mary, of course. 
you know, is James Madison probably. Like, that is harder than anything BC's had to face all year. So, yeah, from a non-conference standpoint, obviously. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's all I've got. What we're going to do is we're going to work backwards, though, on the Saturday games since we kind of segued and kind of touched on Georgia Tech-Syracuse. The only thing I have left to say is congratulations to Brent Key and this program. They're bowl eligible. They've deserved it. They've earned it. And uh, go, go beat Georgia. Go, go shock the world for us. <laughs> yeah, I uh, caught the end of this. I wanted to see the celebration and everything. Um, what a what a turnaround! I, I was thinking about it earlier today, Micah. Of like the big brand teams that have not been performing well in the ACC in the last kind of decade, Georgia Tech, I think, has sort of taken the lead in terms of. Well, the teams I'm thinking about are Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, and Miami. And I get Miami has done bigger things than Georgia Tech, but the expectations for Miami are a lot higher. And if you want to compare it to the two and do like a little ratio thing in your head, Georgia Tech has already surpassed what we thought Miami could do um, in terms of, you know, what we thought Georgia Tech could do. So truly, truly, really cool. I'm happy to see Georgia Tech back in the bowling season. Um, it's been five years. So – it's been great. I'm really, really happy to see it. I think we, it's good for the ACC to have one of those brands uh, represented in, in December um, and go beat Georgia. I mean, there's still a season to play. Go, go ruin their playoff hopes. That would be really, really funny. Um, but, no, seriously, great, great season. It was very crazy, very unpredictable. Um, one of the most bipolar teams, I think, of all college football. Oh, um, I mean, Nick, did you like another reason why this box, like why I was pissed that Dino got fired today? D- did you did you see what Syracuse had at quarterback? Yeah, they had like what their third string? No, a fucking tight end. Oh, I did not see that. No, their starting tight end, not starting tight end, a tight end was their starting quarterback. And he was 14 for 14 for 89 yards, 59 yards, something like that. Somewhere in that ballpark. I know it ended in a nine. Like, Georgia Tech fans, enjoy your bowl game. But I still cannot stand watching your football team because you are so frustrated. I'm telling you right now, Nick, you should not be – like. Fending off and holding off a team that's using a tight end at quarterback. If you are a legitimate power five team, that should be going to a bowl game. I mean, because Gary Schrader's still out. Del Rio Wilson didn't even travel. I mean, this again, this game was like, like I originally had put it on to watch. I had to turn it off. It was so bad. Yeah. Because I mean, I'll give Syracuse credit. They like, that's nothing that pissed me off. Syracuse's game plan was the fact they're using a tight end at quarterback was impressive as hell. Like, they're out here, like, competing with Georgia Tech, a team that was needing this game for a bowl game, who was, like, you could tell Georgia Tech wanted to be there. They played terribly, but they clearly wanted to be there. Ah, dude, I just, man, this, again, this was, we ended and kicked off the ACC weekend with bad games. Bad, bad games. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there are teams that lost in the ACC this weekend 
that would have hammered this Syracuse team the way they played this weekend against this Syracuse team that was trotted out there. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like this Georgia Tech team, the way they've played the last two weeks, if they show up like this against Georgia, they're going to lose by 40. It's going to be like how it was when they were two and nine, three and two and 10, three and nine program. Like, I'm just very honest, real talk here. Like, you know, we're saying go beat Georgia. We're happy for you. But I just want to make sure that it's very clear, at least on my stance, that, like, this Georgia Tech team, like, like right now I'm picking Georgia to win by at least five to six scores. I don't know what the spread is. I'm probably picking Georgia to cover. Because, like, this Georgia Tech, I mean, maybe they will show up. But I expected them to, like, when I saw, Nick, that a tight end was playing quarterback for Syracuse, I'm like, okay, this game might be close for a little bit, but Georgia Tech's going to win this by three scores. No. I mean, yeah, they won by nine, but, I mean, let me just double-check before I, I get wrong here. Yeah, it's 24. to Like, Georgia Tech needed a touchdown in the late drive in the final two and a half minutes to put this game away. Nick, if Syracuse – does not try a two point conversion in the 16 to 4 when it was 16 to 24 they kick the extra point they scored another touchdown they tie the game like is that what got Dino Fiver is the fact that they decided to go be aggressive and try to win the game by going for two to make it 18 to 24 instead of just kicking the extra point to make it 17 24 i mean again georgia tech i've i know i'm a hater this part i have to accept that i'm a georgia tech hater even though I really feel like I don't know why I am. But once again, you got lucky. <laughs> like, you did not play well enough to win this football game. You didn't. I mean, that's, that's the wrong. You didn't play well enough. Like, you didn't play up to the level that were to some of your fans and the way even you and I, Nick, are holding them to. I mean, they should not have been in that scenario. I really, like – I am hoping that this is just a look-ahead spot for some reason for Georgia, which, again, I don't know how you can do that when you haven't been to a bowl game in a couple years and you have a bowl game staring you in the face at home. But maybe that is the case. I don't know. But that was – this again, it was a very poor football game. And, again, it speaks to me, my frustrations with Dino getting fired because I thought Syracuse did everything right – to potentially win this game. And, like, based on the, the situations of the two programs, Georgia Tech should have donkey kicked this team. So, but that's college football for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. One team wins and their fans celebrate, as they should, because they are going, like, like, I would be celebrating the hell out of it, too. If I was a Virginia fan, I wouldn't care how we would have won. I would have said, we won, going to a bowl game, let's celebrate. They deserve to celebrate. College football is a, a weird sport. Celebrate it. But... The fact that the one team plays like terrible, plays awful, and has to celebrate, like to celebrate. The other team does everything in their power, does everything right based off the the odds and cards they've been dealt, and their coach gets fired because of it. Weird, weird, weird sport. But, anyways, let's move on. Working again backwards here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Going to do a moment of silence for Jordan Travis, and obviously he's not dead, but like. You know, I mean, that injury was gruesome. I mean, North Alabama, Nick, is the type of team that I give them a ton of credit. They came out and said, we're probably going to lose this football game, but we're sure as hell going to go down swinging. 
I mean, Nick, the reason why they scored on the opening drive was because of a fake punt that went for 60-some yards. I mean, North Alabama said, yeah, if we're going to lose, at least let's, like, try to win till, when we lose. So to play it safe just to, like, not lose by 70. Of course, again, what we talked about on the show previously when we previewed it, let's get Jordan Travis out of the game early. Well, I mean, unfortunately, this injury happened so early it wouldn't have mattered. But, I mean – they're going to have to re- rely on a uh, good old Rotomaker to see if uh, if they can get to the playoff. I mean, Georgia's going to – or Georgia, geez. Florida's going to come in chippy. I mean, I Rotomaker has shown some signs. I mean, he led the comeback last year against Louisville on the road to win them that game there. I mean, he – granted, you know, obviously not a great – like, it's North Alabama, but they were down 13 nothing. They won 58-13. to So, he didn't – like, he – did enough to obviously make sure that they covered this game pretty easily. Pretty sure they covered the spread, actually. Yeah, they no, never mind. They closed at 47 and a half. So they missed the cover by two and a half points, but still. I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, this game was just like I I have a lot of faith in Florida State still. And I, I got a lot more like I, there was a, I mean, again, I never want Jordan Travis to go down, but to this game made this Florida State team finally do what I've been begging them to do all year and truly just put it on display of we're better than you. We're going to pound it down your throat. I mean, they just ran all over them to get back in this game, Nick. I mean, they just got a big turnover, and then they scored a touchdown, and then from there on out it was just run the football, run the football, manhandle them, manhandle them. Like, Keon Coleman can still do Keon Coleman things. Wilson can do still do Wilson things. Like, I mean, yeah, I just – I feel so bad for Florida State because, you know, this team really does deserve better. Um, and this is a tough thing, but, you know, like there's like – I'm going to be curious because – there's a world where Florida State's not entering the last weekend of the season. And maybe even the oh, maybe even the AC championship game, not in the top four. Because with Washington's win last night, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think Florida State has to fall. They, they PRA dropped them. Yeah. I mean, I think they have to fall. I mean, and that's not even a fault of Florida State. Like I don't even. I'm not even taking into consideration that they started slow. I mean, for God's sakes, their starting quarterback got hurt. Washington just went on the road and beat a top ten team, plain and simple. I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due. Like the Pac-12 is better than the ACC. The fact that Washington's not has not been in the top four has kind of surprised me all year. So I'm not. I'm not even upset about that. But again, it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, I mean. What do you got, Nick? I, I, yeah. Well, first of all, very, very, very sad. Uh, I was honestly, my heart kind of dropped for Jordan Travis and Florida State. And when you texted me, um, I guess it, when you texted me, it had, it had happened like 20 minutes afterwards. I didn't even realize it for a second. I thought you were joking. Um, God, I just feel so bad. Jordan Travis is, been through it all with Florida State. He was there when they were missing bowl games. And, you know, the la- last year was a big turning point. You know, it, it looked like last year 
uh, was starting to look really bad after they lost three in a row to Wake State and Clemson. Um, and now they've turned it around. They had a 10-win season last year, and all the expectations were playoff. And it, it just sucks. You know, his senior night, they made sure that he was the last one out uh, mm-hmm. to be introduced. I mean, just awful way to end your college career. Um, quietly, someone said this. I think it was Brandon Walker. Uh, quietly, a Heisman contender all year. Like, I have the ball. I, I don't think he was like the top quarterback, or may, not even maybe top five in the country. But he, quietly, just having a phenomenal season. I mean, I, I have the ball. I don't mean to cut you off. Man. I just want to get this point across. I want to see if you agree with it. I have the the audacity to say that I think Jordan Travis was the most important quarterback Florida State's had since you and I have been alive, or at least would, up till 2000. I know Jameis Winston on the field results. I mean, at the end of the day, like Jimbo won a national title because of Jameis Winston. I'm just yeah. saying what Jordan Travis was for this program. I mean, this program yeah. was in the dark. This yeah. program was – I mean, they were, they were Virginia and Duke bad. They were losing while. to Boise State at home. Dude, they were losing to, like, everybody at home. Virginia beat them at home. They Didn't they lose to the FCS team? Yeah, they lost to Jack State. Yeah, on the I mean, like, that's right, yeah, yeah. They were missing bowl games. Like, Jordan Travis was the, the centerpiece of this build. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was not better than Jameis. I'm not – and that's not what I'm saying. But from a standpoint of what he meant for Florida, especially – I mean, we'll see in a couple of years, but – if Florida State truly returns to form, right, and three years from now, Nick, we're talking about Florida State, a top four seed, top five, you know, winning the ACC on a regular basis again, like, takes the – basically, I mean, he, doesn't, he didn't dethrone Clemson, but in a way they kind of did, you know. I mean, yeah, this is just sad, it's, but it's, continue. Yeah, it's absolutely sad. And I uh, – like I said last week, like, I wish I had watched – more of Florida State and I watched them, but like, how I wish I would have appreciated them more. Yeah, I was, I was, them more. I was so busy nitpicking everything they did. I never just stopped and looked at what we were watching. Like, the only time this year that I watched a game of Florida State where I'm like, wow, I'm loving every minute of this. I didn't say a negative thing was the LSU game, but Boston College, I had a reason against, you know, Virginia Tech, I had a reason. Like, I always found a reason to be like, wow, this team's not playing up to its potential. Even Clemson. Like, yeah, I just uh, – Yeah. I agree with you. I wish I would have watched them more. And on my end, I wish I would have appreciated them more when I watched. Right. Exactly. Like, uh, it, it's, it sucks because I, I think Jordan Travis is a really good kid. Um, and he, he was in the thick of it all. And to bring him where they are now is – Truly remarkable and sucks it ended in like it ended that way. But you know, you got unfortunately they have to move on. This is football and the sport has to continue on. And I threw it out there. Um and I don't think it's an unreal an unrealistic take. If Florida State goes undefeated, they win the ACC championship, beat Louisville. And if you have chaos, this is the first time where I think an undefeated team needs things to happen in front of them. No, no, I disagree Look, with you. Last year, I, I'm just putting. Now, I don't think it'll happen. But again, I'm just saying. I'm just gonna put put this out there. No undefeated team in a Power Five conference has ever 
ever miss the playoffs. And Nick, say what you want. Louisville will be a top 20 win if they win. Regardless if they lose to Kentucky, that's a top 20 win. Might be a top 10 win. Well, they're 10 right now. So, so I'm saying. So like, but yeah. even if they lose, they're not going to fall out of the top 20. Right. But the committee has done weird shit. No. I think they won't. because they won't. They won't. I'm saying, I, Nick, I I'm, ta- no, right. Nick, I, I, Nick, I'm Nick, not Nick, saying Nick, they will. I'm not Nick, save your breath. Will, let me save your breath. Out. No, let me, save let your me breath. Just put this Nick, out there. Nick, save your breath. Ohio State, if they lose to Michigan, will have lost to a team with no coach, no head coach. If Michigan, uh-huh. Beat loses to Ohio State, they're not going to put a team in the in the playoff who technically cheated and lost one game. They will not do it. Thirteen and zero, Power Five champion will be in over eleven and one. And I'm telling you right now, they're also in over twelve and one Texas in this situation. Because Nick, say what you want. I know I've slandered the ACC. All power rankings have the ACC above the Big Twelve. An undefeated so team. Out two, an undefeated out two team. Things. You pointed you pointed those two out, Big Ten and Big Twelve. My worry is not from those conferences. Mine is from the SEC. If Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, are you going to leave it, a one-loss SEC champ out? Yes. Right, so who, if that scenario happens, who are you sticking? Who are you staying Nick, with? Are you Nick, staying with Georgia Nick, or Alabama? Nick, Nick, you're missing. You're missing. No, you're missing the math, man. You're missing the math. In this situation, you've got undefeated Washington. Yeah. You've got undefeated Ohio State or Michigan, whichever one, right? Pick one. That's two undefeated teams. They are not going to put two one-loss teams in the playoff. They will not do it. They've never done it. They will never do that. That is terrible for brand. And Florida State has a brand that is worth watching. Now, they might be the four seed, and we might be pissed off about it, but they're not going to do it. I'm telling you, they are not going to put two one-loss teams in. They cannot do it. It is not possible. That would be the dumbest thing for this sport of all time. They will leave out. In that case, it would have to be Georgia. They would leave them out. They would have to. You can't leave them in. You can't. I I 100% agree with you. They can't. They cannot do it. I'm also saying... If I'm Florida, if I'm a Florida State fan, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. If they do that, Nick, I then promise the you, broken. I agree with you. And there will they, be there will be, dude. I will tell you right now, there will be a lawsuit. There won't even be like it won't even be a like outcry from like there will be a legitimate lawsuit. Did you know that UCF was going to sue the NCA or uh, sue the college football playoff? Yeah. But at least there was enough undefeated teams to get them in. If there are two one-loss teams in the playoff, Florida State will sue. And they should. They absolutely should. It's I, not, I'm telling you, it will. It will. Like if they win out, it will not happen because now Florida State will have at least two top twenty-five wins, probably three, maybe even four. Nick is Nick. I am willing to put a lot of money that if Clemson beats South Carolina, they're probably number twenty-five on that last poll. Yeah, I would say so. So Clemson's a top 25 team. Louisville would be a top 25 win. LSU is going to be a top 25 team when the season's over. That's at least three. And I think I'm forgetting one, aren't I? Or no, am I not forgetting one? Maybe I'm not. But still, like, it will not happen. It I, will not happen. I, I agree it won't, 
But if I, I, I just, agree, I agree, I agree that they like. If you're a Florida State fan, you obviously are praying for chaos. You are cheering for Texas Tech next week against Texas because if obviously that happens and the Big Twelve champion is two losses, they're gone. You're praying that Oregon beats Washington. Mm, honestly, I think that's worse. I really think but, that's worse. But then the Pac-12 doesn't have an undefeated team anymore. You're right. Nick, I have the audacity to say that Oregon and Washington like, – because at that point, you're going to get probably two one-loss teams in. So why not just put three in if you think they're better? I know that's crazy to sound, but if Oregon beats Washington, then they both have the head-to-head on each other. They've at least won one against each other both times. Oh, yeah. Alabama, Alabama and Georgia will not have that. Whoever wins that game is 1-0 against the other. And obviously, in, in the in the bad scenario, it's going to be, you know, Alabama with the 1-0. And guess who – like, I agree with you. The, the thing that's scary about the scenario that you pitched, minus the Oregon-Washington part, is it is hard to say this team's won one back-to-back national titles. We think they're better with Florida than Florida State when they have a backup quarterback. 12-1, 13-0. I get that. Like, I understand that. Like, that is scary. But now you've entered this chat of 12-1. and one. 12 and one Texas, who, by the way, Nick, would have beaten Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Who is in that – because whoever wins the championship game is in. We know that. Like, that, is, that is a lock. The Big Ten champion – well, I guess I'm maybe unless it's Iowa. But, you know, the SEC champion is a lock. The Big Ten champion, if it's Ohio State or Michigan, is a lock, right? We know that. Right. Everything else, who knows? So, like, and that's – like, honestly, I think you want Washington to win. I really do. I mean, now – Go Cougs, I guess, this weekend, right? Like, if Washington State beats Washington this weekend, then, then yeah, you're, you're golden because, like, you don't have to worry about two Pac-12 teams still being in the conversation. And that would hurt Oregon's chances but the more just teams, redeeming that win correct. won't really matter as much. Because if Washington beats Oregon, right, and Washington's undefeated and Oregon's two losses, you only have one Pac-12 team at the table right now talking. That's it. Yeah. You want as little teams as possible entering the chat because the more muddled you get it, the more likely, and again, like, I don't like the logic, but I think if you're putting two one-loss teams in, you could make the argument for a third. Or if there's three undefeated teams, then it's kind of like, just like, all right, let's just piss off the fan base with the one-losses. Here, you're... Would, would you agree with me, though, that this is the most nervous you have felt for an undefeated team since the playoff? Of the Power Five, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, absolutely. I think that's, no. I think that's, that's where I'm kind of getting at. I don't think I have felt, and I think Florida State fans feel the same way, or all college football really, have not felt this worried about an undefeated I mean, Power Five team I mean, right there now. was a tweet I saw last night that I thought summarized it perfectly. I think it may have been Unnecessary Roughness, but I'm not sure who tweeted it, Nick, exactly. But it was like the – the preseason top 10 or whatever is like a hundred or preseason top five, whatever, whoever is like, whoever it is, right. Is 162 and 10 this season or something. Right. Like there hasn't been a ton of chaos. Like, so this is like the most meaningful, the last weekend of the season has ever been. Right. I agree. Yes. Because you run into the issue and I agree. Like, like I, as someone that was looking at potentially going to Michigan, Ohio state, I honestly, last year, the Michigan-Ohio State tickets cost me, and I got it on the cheaper end. Or, sorry, I didn't actually even pay this much because I bought it through an Ohio State person. But 
so I paid less than the fee. But the cheapest ticket to get in the door for Ohio State, Michigan last year in Columbus was three hundred and three dollars. That's not cheap, right? But like, that's not like outrageous. You know, like that's that's like three days, four days of work for me, like justifiable. The cheapest to get in the door right now is six hundred and forty-one dollars. Hmm. You want to know why I think it costs that much? I think both fan bases know the loser's not going to the playoff. Yeah. Again, unless chaos happens. Because there's way too like, and Nick, call me crazy, but I know Auburn just lost to New Mexico State. I think they're looking Shout ahead to Alabama. Aggies. Yeah, right? I think they're looking at looking ahead to Alabama this weekend. Not saying they're gonna win that game, but Hugh Freeze knows a thing or two about upsetting Alabama. I mean, there's there's a lot of chaos still waiting. Like, I think at the end of the day, like, and I think there's also something to be said, Nick, that if Florida State, like, beats SEC caliber Florida, right? I know they're not great, but they beat Florida. On the road, by the way, in Gainesville. And then they win the AC championship game against a hopefully top 10 Louisville team with a very stout defense with a backup quarterback. I think that there's so much level. Plus, like, again, the brand of Florida State in the playoff is good for television numbers. I hate we have to talk that, but that's how you have to look at it sometimes, too. It's great for that. And a player like Keon Coleman should be playing in, in your in your biggest stage. Right. So, I think there's enough there to where you should, like, this, like you said, the playoffs is already broken, so maybe they say, screw it, let's just break it even more. Like, I mean, I do agree with you. It is definitely the most nerve-wracking we have been for an undefeated team because, again, there is a there is a world where, again, one loss Oregon, one loss Washington, <coughs> excuse me, one loss Michigan and or Ohio State, one loss Alabama and Georgia. I mean, that is a, a tough pill to swallow. But, again, I think the good thing is, Nick, in that scenario, if that all happens, there's only two Power 5 champions that are that are going to be undefeated because the Big Twelve would fall behind us. Like honestly, I'd be more scared if I'm Texas. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, you lost to. I mean, you didn't lose it to a terrible team, but you lost to Oklahoma State, right? Oklahoma State, so they lost to Oklahoma. Oh yeah, Oklahoma, who's not even going to be playing in the Big Twelve championship game at this point. So, I just yeah. But anyways, let's uh, let's move on because again, that was sad. That was a good playoff discussion, Nick. I actually really liked that. I didn't think we were going to go that far, but we did. I'm glad that we did because I um, really wanted to talk about that with you. I think they played at the same time, so let's just let's just dust over Notre Dame's 45 to seven win over Wake. I know Notre Dame is a good football team, but and I know Syracuse might be a little bit more um, befuddled now that Dino got fired, but uh, I don't think this Wake Forest team. Not that they've quit. There's absolutely zero momentum for this team right now. And I I really think that they're just using these last couple games, aka last week against Notre Dame, and obviously this week coming up against Syracuse, to just – like they're almost using them as like teams would for bowl practices. Like they're just trying to figure it out. Like they're – I don't I could be wrong, Nick, but it felt like they were doing a lot of substitutions. They were trying a lot of different things. Like – not that they weren't trying to win the game, but it really felt like this was like an open tryout in this game. And 
I wouldn't be surprised if Syracuse next week is kind of treated the same way. I mean, maybe it won't be because you want to get the momentum of ending the season with a win. But, I mean, this – this that – we talked about a lot of bad football that we've had to watch this week. It wasn't the worst football we had to watch in the ACC from both sides, but this was performance single-handedly probably the worst we had to watch. I mean, they just were lifeless, man. Yeah, it, it really wasn't good. Um I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. I mean, Kern didn't look too bad. No. Um, just like, you know, like you said, they did all the substitution stuff. Um, it, they're just trying to figure it out at, at this point. And, and they're, they're think, just trying to get through. They're just trying to survive. <laughs> trying to get through it. I think they're going to be very competitive for Syracuse. I, I think there's a good chance they could win that game because, believe it or not, with how this season is with the whole teams moving up to the FBS and that outdated rule that's happening with JMU and Jacksonville state, um, a five and we, we could see a five and seven power five team in True. bowling season. So there's still a shot. And I mean, it would be, yeah, a couple of guys true. brought it up to me last week. Um, so we'll see, but I don't really have a whole lot. I, I just feel kind of bad. Like, now Dave Clawson's teams are getting pummeled, which we haven't seen since the early days of his era at Wake. So um, not not a whole lot of fun right there. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the APR scores for this season, Nick, you want to know uh, you want to know of the potential five and seven teams who have the best odds? Um, I think Mississippi State is one of them, right? So. Northwestern's bowling. They're the number one. Wisconsin. They are now bowling. At six and five. Okay. So, you know, don't worry about them. Alabama and Clemson have high APR scores. Shout out to those programs for having those walk-ons that are really, really smart. They do it wisely. I really give them credit for that. Ole Miss is there, too. They're all ranked. They're all, they're all going bowling. Cincinnati, I believe, is four and seven, I think. Let me double-check this real quick. We'll do a quick, uh, quick look-see. They are oh no cheese oh, I whoops I just looked up the AAC standings for getting Cincinnati's power five oh no Cincinnati's three and eight so they're not going to be in the picture Ohio State's bowling Air Force is bowling Minnesota is five and six they are tied with Wake on the APR score so come down to them and 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 uh, and Wake if Minnesota does not beat with so Wake pretty much has the best odds of any team that's. That would have five wins. Them in Minnesota. They're literally tied. And I don't know how that tiebreaker works. It'd probably be which program do we want more. And it probably would go to Minnesota, I'd guess. But, again, like you said, there's probably a world where there's four empty spots at this rate. So, it could yeah. just be. So, who knows? Maybe if the ACC has more empty bowling, which I don't think we will. But if we have an open spot that has a tie into us, then they would take Wake. So, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, I mean. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I mean, this was just all right. Sam Hartman, did, Sam Hartman did probably the the best thing he possibly could have done. Blew him out. Was a professional about it the whole way. Posting press conference, everything was great. Didn't run it up on him. Played well, but didn't like you know have like a Heisman moment on these guys, you know. But didn't right. play bad either. Like it was kind of like just a perfect like. I mean, that, I, I'm not going to lie, Nick. I watched probably 30 seconds of that game, and that's it. I watched. I turned it on, and it was like, oh, wait, there's better games on? Yeah, I'm going to put those on instead. Yeah. Um, 
But, okay, we move on. Nick, uh, you want to do your dance now? You want to do your little dancey dance? Sure, why not? Let's get it over with. <laughs> um, grown-ass man. I, I, have, I have 20 words to summarize this starting now. Grown-ass man. Tech show to fight at the end. NC State 10-win season? Question mark? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think you summarized it pretty well. Um, that was a very, really, really fun game. And I think um, that was the best the offense has played all year. Um, it Rank them. Like comp- Rank them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, we, okay, so AP, we're not ranked, but coaches, we are. I would have to assume that we will be ranked in the football playoffs. Is, is Boo Kerrigan still the uh, chair? Yeah, he's still the chair. Oh man, yeah, rank them twenty five, baby. So like, so last week, um, some state fans were a little agitated that we were not ranked. I'm just like, guys, yeah, we don't, yeah. we don't have. I tweeted from my fifth quarter Wolfpack account. Like, I get it, we beat Clemson and Miami. Like, that's great and all, but come on, we don't have like a outstanding win. Now, if we win next week against Virginia Tech. Then sure, like you can't really leave us out at eight and three. Like that's uh, kind of hard to do. I still don't think you're a top twenty-five team, but I'm just saying rank them because it sounds fun. I mean, I think yeah. it's, I think we're at the point, Nick. I don't mean to slander NC State, but I think we're at the point where uh, UNLV is nine and two. They should be yeah. ranked over NC State. I'm not arguing like, that. Uh, Toledo, Toledo, really, really Toledo good. at ten and one should be ranked over NC State. Liberty, who has not been ranked yet in the college football playoff. Should be ranked at eleven and up. Like, so again, I, I just I mean, I would argue that NC State deserves to be ranked over North Carolina, or over uh, well, over North Carolina, sure, but over Tennessee. And Tennessee, yeah. you know, got AP votes, which I thought was not like when I saw them at twenty five. I'm like, why? Like what? Like that? That I mean, it it showed the SEC bias because there's nothing Tennessee has done. Tennessee's best win this year is Kentucky or Virginia. Really, that is their best win. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yikes. I, I guess we'll see. I, I, I would be a little surprised if we were not ranked um, going into this week, but we'll see. Um, overall, though, very fun game. The defense kind of let up a little bit in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, where I'm just like, okay, why am I like – why is my heart racing right now with four minutes to go in this game and Virginia Tech looks like they're making a comeback? Um, defense, unfortunately, did give up a couple of big plays, but I'm not – too worried about that just clean it up a bit uh this was brennan obviously his best game by far uh 21 carries for two touchdowns 203 yards for two touchdowns throwing and kc i mean is an absolute dog not only did he catch two touchdowns he also threw for one so that was really cool um he does it all um i will say though virginia tech's wide receiver uh what's his name felton What's his first name? Daquan Felton. That guy's a dog. Like, he is really, really good. And our secondary was having a lot of trouble uh, covering him. But um, overall, really great game. I was really happy to come out with this win. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I got. Like, Brennan Armstrong, once again, you're a grown-ass man. Finally finally got his win against Virginia Tech. And I'm really happy hey, for that Virginia hey, staff. Hey, that hey, hey. He was on the roster when we beat them, so relax. Okay. Relax. All right, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But as a starter, he got his win. 
That's why I was that... upset. I didn't understand Savannah's tweet. She was like, that's uh, our first win against Virginia Tech. And I'm like, what do you mean? You guys were there in 2019. Like, I don't know if she meant at Virginia Tech. Maybe that's what she meant. Like, the only time they've won in Blacksburg, sure. But maybe. All those, like, Anaya was our OC in 19. Yeah. Touje was yeah. our offensive line coach in 19. Like, <laughs> y'all won a game against Virginia Tech. You didn't do it in Blacksburg, but you've won a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was happy for the Virginia staff, too, that one. I know you were telling me how much they – I bet you, like, you you put that thought in my head of, I bet, like, this staff really got these guys fired up for Virginia Tech just because how much they hate them, so. Plus, it was uh, good because, I mean, and not that, you know, Dave Dorn hasn't had to play there before, but the last time they played there was COVID, right? I mean, I'm, 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 it was a 21. It was a 21. They didn't play there last year. I know that. We played them last year, but it was at NC State. Yeah. I, I think COVID, COVID might have been at last. I think that's the last time you played. Dave has not played there in a while. Let's just put it that way. Like yeah. when, when it's been full house. So I guarantee yeah. you that they were just like, guys, this, this place can get nuts. Like <laughs> they were there in 18 when we fumbled the ball going in, going in to score the winning touchdown in overtime. Like, yeah, that place is crazy. So now it's yeah. a huge win. Um, Nick, you want to know the best part? My favorite thing that I saw happen on Saturday. It made me sad, but it made me happy. Do you know that Brennan Armstrong could have been only, I think, the what? Third quarterback in AC history to have a 200-yard passing and a 100-yard rushing with a touchdown in each game. Uh, like It was like a certain amount of games in his career. Like He'd been third all the time now. And uh, because of those, the way they decided to run out the clock with him, he lost, I think it was a combined 22 yards. Yeah. And it put him under 100 yards of total rushing. That does suck. But, like, that tells you what this team is about. They're about winning. It doesn't matter how. Like, yeah, Brendan could have taken the knee, but then Virginia Tech gets a chance. with. I mean, is Virginia Tech going to score in nine seconds? Probably not. But who cares? What do you do? You make sure they don't get the ball back. Yeah. You run the clock until there's no time left. So that was cool to see. I mean, again, it sucks, but it was cool. So shout out to them for that. But now, I mean, Virginia Tech's not going to be pissed off, so screw me. Probably going to hammer Virginia and Charlottesville. Can't wait. Um, But Virginia Tech showed life. I mean, it really felt like, Nick, like NC State got up and kind of just, like, eased up and was like, we got Carolina next week. It's just, you know – Take it back a little bit. Like the offense play calling got very conservative and it almost backfired, but it, it never really did. I mean, I know Tech scored with like what, two minutes left to make it 28 to 35. But I mean, yeah. it never felt like, like I almost texted you, Nick, to chirp you when you're like, it was eight minutes left and you're up 14. You had the ball. We can never like have it easy. It's like you're up two scores with the ball. Relax. <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to jinx it. Glad I did it because I felt really bad when it was 35-28. But, yeah, I mean, good win for NC State. Man, that Carolina game, man, under the lights, you're going to have some fun with that one, Nick. You are yeah. going to have some fun with that one. I'm very, very excited. I can't wait to go. All right, we move on. Oh, shout out Doran. Uh, last seven of eight seasons, he's won eight-plus games. So, very, very impressive. Oh, very but this impressive. fan base was done with him after the Louisville game. Weird. I was Weird. not. Did I say that? That was not me. You were. were you were. People, you were fueling. You were fueling the fire. You weren't leading the charge, 
but you had the pitchfork in the back. You could turn around if you wanted to, but you were a part of the group, Nick. I'm and, not letting you run from him, it. I gave him all the credit when I said he's got I want you to apologize. Something. I want you to apologize to him. You want me to apologize to Dorian? I want you to call into the coaches show and apologize. <laughs> Nick from Winston. <laughs> yeah, this is Nick from Winston. You, uh, I said you sucked, and I, I take it back. I never – Okay, now you're putting words in my mouth. He I never, never said he said sucked. That. All I said was that he needed to do something to get to change it up a bit after the Louisville loss, and he did, and the results showed. And now he's done a very great, a very good job of this winning streak we've had since the bye week. So, uh, very, very impressive. Yeah, Dave Doran loses to top twenty-five Notre Dame, top twenty-five Louisville. Who's the other loss, Nick? Duke. Okay, that Duke team's top 25 when they have who they have. But even if so, that's your worst loss. And your fan base is like, oh, you know, we had to change so much up. Shut up. Wang. And they did, and they're winning. I don't get what the argument is. I just think it's funny because, like, y'all are like, oh, we should have beat Louisville. Well, I would argue Louisville should have, like, you know, played better. Like, if you want to make the excuse that you should have done stuff differently – Nope. I almost you would tweeted lose. this out you would last lose. night. You would lose. You would lose. I almost tweeted you would this lose. out last night. You would lose. I want stop. You would lose. You would lose. Just stop. Stop now. No. Nope. You would nope. lose. Louisville's better than you. They're better than you. You're not better than Louisville. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> they played terribly too. Like Louisville played worse than you. You can say, oh, if we make the changes. Yeah, you're right. You make if you play a, a great football game against that Louisville team, you win. Absolutely, Nick. You're 100 percent correct. But if Louisville, if Virginia doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, you fucking lose to them. So I don't want to hear the whole like, oh, I wish I, want like, a rematch. We, I wish we would play. Yeah, I want to rematch with you too, Nick. I'm not gonna say <laughs> we're gonna beat you though. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, I just want to see our teams play at our at their best. That's all. Yeah. But I feel you know, like both of our teams are playing at our best though. I don't know if we're playing at our best, but we're playing better than they were when we were sitting in Scott Stadium together. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that was um, our lowest points, you and me. Yeah. Somehow your lowest points still had a bright spot. Must be freaking nice. Um. But anyway, as we move on, we'll talk Carolina and uh, Clemson. All right. I'm going to say it, Nick. But I'm also going to laugh when I say it. Karma's a bitch, Carolina fans. Karma's a bitch. Because the refs screwed Carolina a lot yesterday. They did. I'm, a lot of really, like, a lot of ticky-tack calls went Clemson's way. But you know what? You deserved it after the whole Duke game. So, I don't feel that bad. I really don't. <laughs> That's it. I don't feel bad. Yeah. Like, Clemson was the better team. I really do believe that. But I don't know if this game goes the way it does if North Carolina doesn't get screwed. Because there was a chance there. There was a world, Nick, where North Carolina goes up two scores in the, in the first half. But... You know, at the end of the day, your defense folded when it needed to. And, I mean, that last drive, Nick, that Clemson scored on, not the last drive of the game, but the last drive Clemson scored on, where they went 93 yards. I mean, that's just, like, good for North Carolina for not giving up a touchdown there. But, I mean, Clemson just asserted its will on you. Clemson could run the ball like crazy on you. I mean, K. Klubnik was fine. Drake May was very average. Like, this Clemson defense did a good job. I mean, technically, K. Klubnik outplayed Drake May. Amarian Hampton was the best single back in this game, but I would argue that the Maffa and Shipley crew and Klubnik with his legs was a little bit more impressive. But 
<coughs> I mean, Clemson's more talented than Carolina. You had to go on the road, and you got bad ref luck. I mean, I don't want to call it luck, but you know what I mean? Like, the refs weren't on your side. So, I feel bad for them because, like, I really do think this game would have been better if some of these – like, a lot of times when calls went against Carolina, they were in bigger spots than when they went against Clemson. It was, like, 100% a factual thing that I noticed. But at the same time, like, I don't feel bad after the Duke game. And Clemson was the better team. Like, Carolina, say what they want. Like, they have probably six or seven true dudes on that team, and that's it. Clemson's got a bunch of dudes that are still kind of turning into form. Like, I would argue, Nick, that I think your roster from top to bottom at State might be better than Clemson. Or uh, better than Clemson, she's Better than North Carolina. Like, the quarterback position they have you beat in. The receiver position they have you beat in. But pretty much everywhere else, I'm kind of taking NC State. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, I, yeah, I just – I mean, it's kind of all I've got. Like, that was that was the best game of the weekend. I mean, from a, like – talent perspective I really enjoyed like you know it felt like North Carolina had answers for Clemson there for a little bit you know it's 21-7 they punch it in 21-14 then it's 28-14 like it felt like a very fun you know it felt like the game mattered it was really the only game this weekend that I watched that I was like it felt like prime time football if that makes sense right yeah like announcers were in it both teams were in it fans were in it you had some great reactions on the sidelines from cheerleaders and just staff members that were like on the sideline like just very intense game is what it felt like so that was nice but i mean i mean i I don't want to say it too early because i'm gonna wait for clemson to hopefully beat south carolina before i get ahead of myself but i feel like this clemson team's just setting themselves up for a ton of positive momentum to then be preseason number like 14 next season maybe even preseason top 10 because you know they like to throw those brands up there high just to just to do it. Yeah, this uh I didn't know who I wanted to lose more to be honest with you because I don't like both. I guess I wanted Carolina to lose more. Um Yeah, it, for a second there it looked like oh, here we go. Here we go. Will Shipley fumbled. It's death taxes Clemson Turning the ball over in the red zone. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it was looking really bad there for a second for Clemson, but they are very, very talented. They turned it around. They cleaned it up. Uh, Shipley actually had a pretty good – actually not pretty good, a really good game. Yeah. Uh, especially coming off of a pretty bad injury. He didn't play last week. He was been – I think he's been out since the state game. Yeah, so I still carries. I still think that, like – I mean, I, maybe I'm crazy because I know who Will Shipley is from a leader standpoint – I am a little bummed that he just got to come back and be the number one back with the way Mafa's played. Now, they utilized Mafa well today, like or Saturday, I guess, not today. So, at least, like, you know, there's that. But I was a little bit, like, especially after Shipley fumbled the ball, like, good for Dabo, like, for once being loyal to a fault benefited him because Shipley still had a great day. But, like, after that, I was like, okay, give me Mafa. Shipley can be the yeah. number two back. But I don't want to. There are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of, I wouldn't say they're rumors because he actually said it, but Will is thinking about transferring. So because yeah, he's, he's a grad, right? He's a grad transfer. No, he's going into his true senior year next year. Oh, interesting. So yeah, so we we'll see what happens there. But um, no, they they really Clemson really did clean it up in the, uh, towards the end of the second quarter. Um, but man, dude, Carolina. Uh, 
I mean, there was – it was funny. I think the only thing I got from the Carolina side was there was this argument and uh, going around on Twitter, and my former boss, Josh Graham, uh, put it out there that Drake May is the best quarterback in the country. Um, no. <laughs> no. He had a great play. He had a fantastic play that you could watch forever, but – no, Nick. No, Nick. I'm gonna say this right now. Yeah, he might be the best quarterback in the college football. Is he better than Michael Penix? At pure passing, yes. Is he better than Bo Nix? I th- I, honestly, dude, I really do think that like Drake May is being punished by the fact his defense is not reliable. He's got two good receivers, but he has absolutely no offensive line. I mean, like, at the end of the day, like. I really don't like. I I'm honestly. You want to know? Why I think she win the Heisman, and I think if you, I know you're a Barstool guy, Nick. A lot of the Barstool guys agree with me. It should be Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, he's by far the best quarter. Like, if LSU had a competent defense, like he's putting up Joe Burrow numbers. I don't know if you've noticed that, Nick, but he's putting up close to Joe Burrow numbers. The difference yeah, the was only, was like the only quarterback that has put up bigger numbers than. Jalen Daniels is Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. So, I mean, it's – yeah. I Drake May, I really do believe – like, this, like, because I've gotten annoyed because people are like, oh, he's just another Sam Howell. He's not. He's so much better than Sam Howell. Like, I would argue that North Carolina team that Sam Howell had was better top to bottom than this North Carolina team. Yeah. Like, maybe you can make an argument that the best receiver – of the two teams is probably Tez Walker, but he didn't have him for half the year to begin with. But this offensive line for North Carolina is rough, man. And like Omari and Hampton's good, but I mean, Sam Howell had the two headed monster in the backfield. Yeah. So, I mean, literally they can't hand the ball off to Omari and Hampton every single time. So, yeah. I mean, actually, Nick, you want me to ruin your day for you? Do it. You sure? Are you are you are you sure you want to be ruined? Yeah, you might as well since you just said it. So, uh, I'm not actually ruining your day because uh, I thought for sure NC State was going to be favored and they're not. So never mind. If NC State was favored, I'd be fading the hell out of you guys next week. But you're the underdog. By so two wait, points. Th- what's the line? What's the line? Both of us, both of our teams, Nick, are two point home underdogs in our rivalry games. Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. But I just thought it was funny. I thought for sure, like, NC State, they're both eight and three. Like, I feel like Raleigh's worth three points alone. So I was like, hey, you're going to be like a favorite by like one point. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, we'll see, Nick. You're going to have a feisty Carolina team. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, this team, like, 10 wins was the goal, especially with how they started. Like, that's still obtainable for them. You win against State. You win your bowl game, you're 10-3. and three. So, they need, need to win this game. And plus, you s- win the state of North Carolina again, like that's something to be proud of. Or if you lose right. this, NC State, well, I don't know. I guess you have to give the state to NC State, even though you lost to Duke, so I don't really know how that would work. But, I don't know. But, anyways. Um, all right, now my turn, Nick. My turn, my turn, my turn. I am just happy that we won. 
I am happy. This team is having fun. They have swagger. And we are the best 3-8 and team in college Go us. I'm putting it on a t-shirt. Um, but on a serious note, I mean, Anthony Calandria has so much future, man. If he actually stays at Virginia, which it sounds like he's happy here. So if he actually stays here, man, I feel pretty good about the future. Um, I said I was going to save it when I was talking about the whole coaching thing and how I've become so frustrated with how this world works. But goodness gracious, man. I mean, Tony Elliott has – like, I'm all in on Tony Elliott. I'm, I am – give him two years, even if it's 0-12 next year, you got to give him another year. The fact that he's had to go through so much, the fact that this program has had to go through so much, and the fact that there is – like, I mean, there has not been this much swagger around Virginia since the year we went to the Military Bowl and went 6-6 six and six in Broncos' third year. And I would argue there's almost more swagger now. And we technically have nothing to play for but bragging rights in the state on Saturday. I mean, it, yeah. is, it is impressive to see what this program is doing. They are they're, – they're hungry. They're fired up. They're they – are, like, you would not – if you saw that team – took away the records off like the scoreboard on the game. You threw Virginia and Duke on there. You would say that Virginia was probably fighting for bowl eligibility at the worst. I mean, they are they're so much fun to watch. Everybody is all in. Kobe Pace is doing a great job out of the backfield. I mean, Nick, I'm going to have the balls to say that Malik Washington is single-handedly the most important wide receiver in the ACC. He is. Yeah, he's man. That is that kid good. I mean, he said the UVA school record for a, a single season receptions. I think even touchdowns now too, reception yards. I mean, it's nuts. Kid's just a, a stud. I mean, I know I, I still would take Keon Coleman over Malik Washington just for one receiver, but I mean Johnny Wilson exists. So like, I'm not going to pretend like Florida State doesn't have another weapon behind him where if Malik Washington goes hurt. Like Malachi Fields is good, but he's not Wilson. I mean, this is just – I'm so proud of this program. Like, that's why, Nick, it's such a its such a tough thing for me to not go to Charlottesville on Saturday is the fact that, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm believing. And I hate that because I've had my heart broken by this program so much. <laughs> but, I mean, they played so well. And, like, I mean, I think Duke played well. I think Duke – like, there's no, like, part of me that's like, wow, like, Duke just kind of checked out after Carolina. No. Duke battled, like, yes, obviously, if they had Riley Leonard, they'd be a better program, 100%. But I'm going to say this. Grayson Loft is pretty good. He's actually yeah, – he like, you know, I, I thought it was funny because all these Duke fans are chirping Virginia fans. Like, you barely needed – like, a like you won by three against a team with a backcourt. Well, first off, Duke, Virginia went into this prevent defense that – as much as it frustrated me that, that obviously, like, they let Duke go down the field. Dude, Duke had a 20 – hold on. Let me double-check the exact number because it was – the number was asinine. Well, even watching it or watching the stats, I couldn't watch it live. The last scoring drive for Duke, Nick, you know how long of a drive it was? How long? 14 plays and 75 yards. Like, they – Virginia basically said, okay, we're up 20 to 30 with, like, four minutes to go. We're going to sit back and burn two and a half minutes of clock. Like, yeah, obviously Duke has to recover an onside kick, but Duke had no timeouts left. Virginia basically said, 
we'll give you the short stuff, man. Run a lot of plays. Burn clock. If you score, you score. You're still up. We're off two scores. I, I, I hate that approach sometimes, but, like, I would rather that than be aggressive and give up the deep shot, and then there's three minutes left, you know? So, like, I just thought it was funny how Duke fans are, oh, you lost – you barely beat a third-string quarterback. I'm like, first off, Virginia's on their backup, and they're like, oh, he's not a backup. I'm like, yeah, he is. Um, but second off, like, you know, Duke, just take the loss, man. <laughs> like, you lost. I mean, we both got screwed by the refs last week. I did find it a little distasteful because, like, I just thought it was weird. But Virginia's Instagram account put out a video, like that new cringe video that everyone does where it's like it freezes on you while you're dancing, basically saying, like, when you win the victory bell because Virginia's claiming they won the victory bell, Nick, because they beat Carolina and Duke. So I thought that was really weird, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Sure, we'll take it. I'd rather win the Commonwealth Cup, so go do that instead. But, um, I mean – this is an all-around good game. I mean, I think Duke's going to beat Pitt next week. So, I guess, Nick, the only thing we were wrong about with our TV slots, and even though I didn't think we were really wrong about it, was, you know, the 3.30 slot went to Virginia and Tech. But I think, really, that was kind of what we were saying. We were just like, you can slot them in the noon slot. But that was probably what they were waiting for. They were probably waiting for, you know, NC State and Carolina to like, be able to justify it as an 8 o'clock game. Right. But, I mean – it sounded like, you know, there was never a point where Louisville and Kentucky was going to be AC Network. Maybe it would have been 8 o'clock if Louisville lost, and that was what we were waiting for. But, I mean, that, we pretty much guessed the times. <laughs> I think we swapped. Yeah. Like, we swapped which one got noon and 3.30 because we were just, like, for the safety of it all, like, just throw Virginia and Virginia Tech at noon. But, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much uh, all I got in that game. Anything you want to add? Um. I put out a tweet last night and I'm kind of regretting it that I said Duke kind of fell off, which they did, but you know, missing Riley Leonard and Loftus is a really good quarterback. Like he's a great backup. Um, It's just been kind of a struggle for Duke down the stretch and um, credit to your Virginia Cavs. I mean, they, they, they are, they're playing very well right now. I think uh, this has been the best ball they've played all year. Um, And I am, Fully taken my fire Tony Elliott uh, take. I fully taken it off the table. I think you need to ride with him next year because um, I think in his first two years, this is the best that you guys have looked, even in your some of your losses, the loss against Miami. Um, it, it, everything has looked really good for you guys. So um, I'm very excited to see what Tony Elliott can pull out, out of his sleeve next year. Uh, with the momentum he's built and hell you beat Virginia tech. It's like, who's going to say to fire Tony Elliott now? Um, So I will admit I was wrong. I fired him too early, but that was, that was very impressive. Um, Very, very impressive. I do have one question though, coming out of this game. um, We talked about it earlier with the coaching beds and where people are going to go because of the Syracuse talk with Dino Babers is Mike Elko still the hottest coach on the market right now? Like, does first of all, A, do you see a world where Duke signs him to a mega contract? And B, is he still the hottest coach um, or the biggest name going into the offseason? This is a maybe a bad take. This sounds like it's slander at Mike Elko. I don't think any of these jobs are taking him. I, that would be down an upgrade. The stretch, that I would felt be the an, same way. That would be an upgrade. 
Like, obviously, Syracuse would take him in a heartbeat, but why would you leave Duke for Syracuse? Right. Um, you know, because Michigan State – like, Michigan State is the job where I could see them almost trying to do it. They like, start I, talking to Doran. I know. Like, that's the thing. Like, Michigan State, I don't think Mike Elko is the type of guy they're going to go after, I don't think. He would be the most likely – I don't think a and going to go after them because I think A&M – like, if I'm Texas A&M, you have to decide right now what you want. And I think Mike Elko falls into the middle ground where he just kind of doesn't even get a conversation. Jeff Trailer at UTSA would be a great hire. He'd be a little bit cheaper than, like, you know, grabbing some big-time guy, right? He'd be cheaper. He knows Texas. He's loved, beloved. Like, if Jeff Trailer got hired by Texas A&M, Texas fans can say what they want. They will be scared of what they will do on the recruiting trail. And Jeff Trailer is a better in-game coach, in my opinion, than Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Trailer has, everywhere he's been, always gotten a good quarterback. Like, Frank Harris is better than any quarterback that Texas A&M has had at any point. And Jeff Trailer, Nick, I don't know if you know this, single-handedly got boosters at UTSA, who has money, but again, they're still an AAA, at, a, at AAC school, got enough money for him to stay with NIL, to stay at UTSA. Because he entered the portal, dude. Schools will take – A&M would have taken him in a heartbeat. So, they're either going to go that way or they're going to, you know, I don't want this to, no one to be too narrow, but they're going to whip it out and show how much money they have and poach a name that's at a Power 5 job making a lot of money but not more money than what A&M can give them. Like, yeah, Nick, Nick, no, Nick, I have a crazy, <laughs> ta- I have a crazy take. I mean, not yeah. crazy. Michigan beats Ohio State, Ryan Day to Texas A&M. I, that, that's possible. People go, oh, why? Because you know what's going to happen, right? Michigan beats Ohio State for the third straight time, and they do it without Jim Harbaugh. You know what's going to happen? Every single Ohio State fan is going to be John Cooper. John Cooper, they're already doing it, and they're going to definitely do it now. Nick, if you don't know who John Cooper is, he's the Ohio State coach that won a ton of games there, was always very good, could never beat Michigan. Lloyd Card was his daddy. Yeah. Like, why would you not want to go to AM where you get the same amount of pay? Like, because Ryan Day is a good coach. He is. Anyone that says he's not, like, he's lost what, three games in four years there? Four games in four years? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 a a, a field goal away as the clock strikes midnight from probably winning the national title last year, because they're gonna beat TCU in the final, in my opinion. Right. Me too. Yeah, I agree. So, like, all things considered, like, pretty damn good coach. <laughs> so, right. I, I just think that A&M will not settle for Mike Elko because he's not the splashy name hire, and he's not the Texas cheaper discount guy either, in my opinion. So, we'll see. But that's my thoughts on it. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm a – It'll be interesting to see how Duke responds next week against Pitt because it could be a very, like, we're going to a bowl game, who cares moment for Duke. Like, if they come out yeah. and they, they take care of business against Pitt, that tells you everything you need to know about. Because, like, because if Mike Elko is looking around, Nick, Duke will struggle and or lose to Pitt on Saturday. Because mm-hmm. there's no reason to be invested in the Pitt, the Pitt script for the week. Right. So, we'll see. Um, all right, move on to the – actually – I said Carolina and uh, 
Miami was the best, or Carolina and uh, Clemson was the best game. I got to watch the whole thing. I didn't get to watch a lot of the Louisville-Miami game live, so that game was probably actually better because it was crazy tracking it on my phone. Louisville 38, Miami 31. Um, I'm going to defend Louisville. You know, I I kind of ripped into them a little bit. It was kind of like, hey, they, they underperformed against um, Virginia. Like, they've had those moments. Dude, they played good Tyler Van Dyke in one. Yeah, yeah. Like, good Tyler fun. Van Dyke had probably his best game of the year. This Miami team, dude, they came out. They played. Like, I'm willing to say that the Miami team plays like this against – like, if Tyler Van Dyke plays like this against Florida State, do I think they win? I don't know. But I bet you they're winning going into the fourth quarter. And we're not seeing Miami have to fight to come back. I don't know. I think Florida State would have a response for them. It would just be a different – at the bare minimum, it would be a different scripted game where it's Florida State fighting for, to win, unlike Miami fighting to win in that one. Dude, that was that was a great game, like watching the condensed game, tracking it on my phone. Again, shout out to my buddy Tom. He made it sound like that was the greatest game of all time. I mean, that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. So, shout out to them because, I mean – uh, that that was actually the best game in the ACC. What the heck, Nick? Did you click on ESPN again? No, damn Amber Alert. Oh, well, that's yeah. sad, but also annoying. Um, Very annoying. Sorry about that. Yeah. It, you're it, good. Maven. For, uh, Maven's like almost – it's closer to Raleigh. What the hell? Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, those, like I get some for Nashville sometimes, man. It's like – Dude, that's four hours away. Like, I know, like, they can get here quickly, and they obviously report it, and, like, sometimes they are an hour or two behind, so depending on where they're going. But it's like, yeah, that's just weird how they did that. But anyways, um, I mean, kind of was kind of wrapping up my point there. I just – that was that – was, that was great football. I mean, Louisville, I think early on, man, wanted to try to make this a game where they could just put it – like, they wanted to go in and – kind of coast and save it for Kentucky. Thankfully, man, Kentucky had, a, had lost a tough one to South Carolina. So uh, they also had to try, but I mean, Louisville, when, when Louisville woke up, like I said, okay, like, cause Miami played well the whole game, but once Louisville was like, okay, we actually have to like go win this game. Not just like, okay, we're better than them. We cruise control it to a point. I'm going to just get out here ugly. It became very interesting. I mean, Van Dyke outplayed Plummer, but both played well. I mean, both Plummer and Van Dyke threw for 300 yards. He only had one bad turnover. Jamar Jordan, or Jawar, not Jamar, Jawar Jordan was slowed down like crazy, man. He was only, only had 33 yards rushing on nine attempts. Like, it was really a big day for, I can never say his name, right? Gian, Gianda, I, I, I don't know why I can't say it right. Isaac Gorendo. Gorendo. I don't know why I can't say that, but. When you say it, like, I can't look at it and say it right. I don't know why, whatever. But, like, he ran the ball well. But, again, Louisville did not – like, Miami did a great job of saying Jack Plummer beat me, and he did. They made Plummer beat him. Like, he made plays. And Van Dyke, I mean, it was kind of funny. Like, like, the better team running the ball was Miami, right? Like, I mean, Fletcher had 126 yards, two touchdowns. You know, Rashard Smith had a touchdown as a wide receiver on a rush attempt. And they only had one passing touchdown, and it was Restrepo. He had a monster game. 
Yeah, Restrepo, like Restrepo, I mean, that's where, like, again, obviously Louisville is going to benefit from the fact Jordan Travis is not playing. I am intrigued to see what Louisville is going to have to do trying to slow down Keon Coleman. <laughs> like one stud, re- like one stud receiver, like that. I mean, and they kind of struggled with Malik Washington last week too. Like they, they, I don't think their 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 top cornerback is not good enough to stop some of these teams' top receivers. Like they had to go up against Tez Walker in North Carolina. Like I think he's going to have a day too. Um, Great day for for both teams' offenses. Like, I know it's hard as a Miami fan to take away moral victories, but like, I think if you're Miami, like, you should be proud of that performance because you didn't lose to a Louisville team that slept walk. You didn't lose to a Louisville team that didn't play good football. Like, they lost to what I would deem is probably the best version of Louisville. Mm-hmm. Like, was it their very best game of all time? No, <laughs> but like. If you said Louisville, go out and play your best, that's the definition of what they did yesterday. Yeah. So that was I mean, that was I I am bummed that this was a noon game because I would have loved to have been able to watch this from start to finish like I did most of the AC games. Yeah, I agree. This was a very fun game to watch. I was able to watch most of the second half at work yesterday. Uh, just the comeback that Louisville had is putting up 15 points in the fourth quarter was awesome. Uh, Jack Plummer played very, very well. And what you brought up in the beginning, um, if you get a very good Tyler Van Dyke, you're going to lose if Jack Plummer doesn't play well either. Like you never know what you're going to get. And you got a good Tyler Van Dyke, like a very good Tyler Van Dyke, but Jack Plummer probably had one of his better games of the season, if not his best game of the season. So that's how Louisville was able to pull this out, is that you outperformed a very good Tyler Van Dyke yesterday. Um, so they clinched. It's great. Um, we get to see, truly do get to see the two best teams of this in the ACC championship, which is great. I think it's we, – we've needed this for a very long time. Uh, it's way overdue. So the fact that we are truly getting the two best teams in this conference in Charlotte should be very fun. Um, and it's well-deserved. I mean, a lot of people thought that, you know, Louisville is going to get in because of their easy schedule. And I even put it out there, you know, you get all these transfers and that's great. But are they going to gel together? Are they going to play well together? And they did. They're 10-1. and one. Uh, I still don't know how they lost to a very bad pit team. Uh, that's just beyond me. Uh, probably just a hangover. I'm just going to go with a hangover spot after beating Notre Dame. But um, very, very impressive. And I think if you're Miami, look, you're going bowling. You have a very winnable game next week. You could be 7-5. and five. It's a huge – it's a big step from last year and Chris Ball's first year. So things are going in the right direction. It started off great. You've – stumbled and bumbled a little bit throughout this season but in the end you beat boston college next week you're seven and five potentially eight and five if you win your bowl game isn't that kind of what you wanted you wanted a complete turnaround which i think would be if considering you were five and seven last year so it's not all lost for miami i think you have you have to take the moral victories and take the big turnaround you had I mean, they've lost more games in the second half of the season than the first half, and I thought they played better in the second half than the first half. It's crazy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
that first half of the season, like the Georgia Tech loss is purely on them. Like that looked like a Mario Cristobal from last year. <coughs> Excuse me. But down the stretch, like they have taken a step forward. They are competitive. They're like, I mean, again, like they don't have the, the, the home run win, unfortunately. That sucks. Like they didn't get the Carolina win or the, or the, or the um, Clemson win or Florida State win or Louisville win. But like, I think I just named the four best teams in the conference. And you played all four of them to the wild. Yeah. So, like, they're still obviously behind, but there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic moving forward if you're Miami. I mean, I mean, Mario Cristobal quite literally lost you a game, and you're still 6-5. and five. I mean, that shows you that this team, from a roster standpoint and just overall team performance, has taken a step forward because your schedule is also more difficult than it was last year. Right. So, from an ACC standpoint, at least. So, yeah, um... That wraps it up, Nick. I mean, that's all I've got. We've talked for a long time. We got into the playoff stuff. We got into the Dino stuff. Like, one more week. Yeah. One more week. Um, hoping Syracuse can pull it out. I'm sorry, Wake fans, but I want the lock for a bowl game, not the maybe for a bowl game. Um, also, too, I mean, I mean, it's in all, dis- or all, all respects to, you know, Wake Force and, and their program, but – I don't want to see them in a bowl game. Like, it'd be good for them for their additional practices. Like, I get that from that standpoint. But what will happen is they'll get paired with, like, a Mac school or something, and it'll just be – it won't be great. Like, it won't be like what happened, you know, when Wake played Rutgers, where that was literally a two-week-out thing. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, this will be you're paired with a matchup based off your skill set, and you'll get paired with, like, 6-6 six and six South Alabama in the Birmingham Bowl. Do you really want that? I don't think so. So, um, yeah. Anyways, good week. Anything you want to say, Nick? Before we uh, before we get off here, um, I would just like to point out NC State's the only national champions of the year 2023-2024. So, shout out to the Lady Pack of the cross country team winning their third national championship in a row, fifth in school history for like as the whole school so very very impressive i was happy to see that um big 10 basketball we still own you so stop flexing we still own you and that's about it that's i I thought i had something else in the beginning of the show but now i can't remember but yeah that's about it that's all i got i can't wait for rivalry week i can't wait to preview it um it's gonna be a lot of fun man it's the best time of year Rivalry week, Thanksgiving, it's all going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, this is not final yet, but Louisville's only trailing Texas by two in basketball right now, Nick. So, uh, shout out to Louisville for competing with a top 20 team. That's actually uh, quite impressive considering everything. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'd calm down with the whole, like, Nick, if, I mean, I – I think it says a lot about what NC State is that you're good at cross country because it just means those kids want to run as far away from campus as possible and be good at it. So I'm glad that you're I good mean, at having your it, kids it run was away. Held I in guess. Charlottesville, so maybe they're just trying to run away from Charlottesville. No, well then they also won elsewhere too, though. So I mean, it's not like they're, they're they're pretty like they do a lot of training of running away from rallies. So yikes! But I mean, I'd want to run away from Charlottesville too if I was them. So I don't blame them there either. But anyways, uh, 
It was a good podcast, Nick. Can't wait to uh, to see what. Well, we'll have to figure out when we're recording, Nick, because I cannot record Tuesday or Wednesday night, probably. Um, so, and tomorrow I'm traveling, so maybe I'm available tomorrow if uh, if it makes sense to do it from Northeast Ohio. But we'll figure out. We'll figure out a time to record. We'll make it happen. But, anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. It means just a little bit less here in ACC country. And as always, go ACC. Thank <laughs> you.